This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Corrie Samuel. Paradise Lost by John Milton. Book Four, Part Two. So spake our general mother, and with eyes of conjugal attraction unreproved, and meek surrender, half embracing leaned on our first father, half her swelling breast naked met his under the flowing gold of her loose tresses hid. He, in delight both of her beauty and submissive charms, smiled with superior love, as Jupiter on Juno smiles when he imprains the clouds that shed May flowers and pressed her matron lip with kisses pure, aside the devil turned for envy, yet with jealous leer malign eyed them askance, and to himself thus plained. Sight hateful, sight tormenting, thus these two imparadised in one another's arms, the happier Eden shall enjoy their fill of bliss on bliss, while I to hell am thrust, where neither joy nor love but fierce desire among our other torments not the least, still unfulfilled with pain of longing pines, yet let me not forget what I have gained from their own mouths. All is not theirs, it seems. One fatal tree there stands of knowledge called, forbidden them to taste, knowledge forbidden, suspicious, reasonless. Why should their lord envy them that? Can it be sin to know? Can it be death? And do they only stand by ignorance? Is that their happy state, the proof of their obedience and their faith? O fair foundation laid whereon to build their ruin! Hence I will excite their minds with more desire to know, and to reject envious commands, invented with design to keep them low, whom knowledge might exalt equal with gods. Aspiring to be such, they taste and die. What likelier can ensue? But first, with narrow search, I must walk round this garden, and no corner leave unspied. A chance, but chance may lead where I may meet some wandering spirit of heaven, by fountain-side, or in thick shade retired, from him to draw what further would be learnt. Live while ye may, yet happy pair, enjoy till I return short pleasures, for long woes are to succeed. So saying, his proud step he scornful turned, but with sly circumspection, and began through wood, through waste, o'er hill, o'er dale, his roam. Meanwhile, in utmost longitude, where heaven with earth and ocean meets, the setting sun slowly descended, and with right aspect against the eastern gate of paradise levelled his evening rays. It was a rock of alabaster, piled up to the clouds, conspicuous far, winding with one ascent accessible from earth, one entrance high. The rest was craggy cliff, that overhung still as it rose, impossible to climb. Betwixt these rocky pillars Gabriel sat, chief of the angelic guards awaiting night. About him exercised heroic games, the unarmed youth of heaven, but nigh at hand celestial armoury, Shields, helms, and spears hung high with diamond flaming and with gold. Thither came Uriel, gliding through the even on a sunbeam, swift as a shooting star in autumn thwarts the night. 
when vapours fired impress the air, and shows the mariner from what point of his compass to beware impetuous winds. He thus began in haste. Gabriel, to thee thy course by lot hath given charge and strict watch, that to this happy place no evil thing approach or enter in. This day, at height of noon, came to my sphere a spirit, zealous as he seemed, to know more of the Almighty's works, and chiefly man, God's latest image. I described his way, bent on all speed, and marked his airy gait. But in the mount that lies from Eden north, where first he lighted, soon discerned his looks alien from heaven, with passions foul obscured. Mine eye pursued him still, but under shade lost sight of him. One of the banished crew, I fear, hath ventured from the deep to raise new troubles. Him thy care must be to find. To whom the winged warrior thus returned. Uriel, no wonder if thy perfect sight, amid the sun's bright circle where thou sitst, see far and wide. In at this gate none pass, the vigilance here placed, but such as come well known from heaven, and since meridian hour no creature thence. If spirit of other sort, so minded, have o'erleapt these earthly bounds on purpose, hard thou know'st it to exclude a spiritual substance with corporeal bar. But if, within the circuit of these walls, in whatsoever shape he lurk, of whom thou tell'st, by morrow dawning I shall know. So promised he, and Uriel to his charge returned on that bright beam, whose point now raised bore him slope downward to the sun now fallen beneath the Azores. Whither the prime orb, incredible how swift, had thither rolled diurnal, or this less voluble earth, by shorter flight to the east, had left him there, arraying with reflected purple and gold, the clouds that on his western throne attend. Now came still evening on, and twilight grey, had in her sober livery all things clad. Silence accompanied, for beast and bird, they to their grassy couch, these to their nests were slunk, all but the wakeful nightingale. She, all night long, her amorous descant sung. Silence was pleased. Now glowed the firmament with living sapphires. Hesperus, that led the starry host, rode brightest, till the moon, rising in clouded majesty, at length, apparent queen unveiled her peerless light, and o'er the dark her silver mantle threw. When Adam thus to Eve, fair consort, thou of night, and all things now retired to rest, mind us of like repose, since God hath set labour and rest as day and night to men successive, and the timely dew of sleep, now falling with soft slumbrous weight, inclines our eyelids. Other creatures all day long rove idle, unemployed, and less need rest. Man hath his daily work of body or mind appointed, which declares his dignity, and the regard of heaven on all his ways. While other animals unactive range, and of their doings God takes no account. Tomorrow, ere fresh morning streak the east with first approach of light, we must be risen, and at our pleasant labour to reform yon flowery arbours, yonder alleys green, our walks at noon with branches overgrown, that mock our scant manuring, and require more hands than ours to lop their wanton growth. Those blossoms also, and those dropping gums, 
that lie bestrewn unsightly and unsmooth, ask riddance if we mean to tread with ease. Meanwhile, as nature wills, night bids us rest. To whom thus, Eve, with perfect beauty adorned, My author and disposer, what thou bidst unargued I obey, so God ordains, God is thy law, thou mine, to know no more is woman's happiest knowledge, and her praise. With thee conversing I forget all time, all seasons and their change, all please alike. Sweet is the breath of morn, her rising sweet, with charm of earliest birds. Pleasant the sun, when first on this delightful land he spreads his orient beams, on herb, tree, fruit, and flower, glistering with dew. Fragrant the fertile earth after soft showers, and sweet the coming on of grateful evening mild, then silent night, with this her solemn bird and this fair moon, and these the gems of heaven, her starry train. But neither breath of morn when she ascends with charm of earliest birds, nor rising sun on this delightful land, nor herb, fruit, flower, glistering with dew, nor fragrance after showers, nor grateful evening mild, nor silent night with this her solemn bird, nor walk by moon, or glittering starlight, without thee is sweet. But wherefore all night long shine these? For whom this glorious sight, when sleep hath shut all eyes? To whom our general ancestor replied, Daughter of God and man, accomplished Eve, those have their course to finish round the earth, by to-morrow evening, and from land to land in order, though to nations yet unborn, ministering light prepared they set and rise, lest total darkness should by night regain her old possession, and extinguish life in nature and all things, which these soft fires not only enlighten, but with kindly heat of various influence, ferment and warm, temper or nourish, or in part shed down their stellar virtue on all kinds that grow on earth, made hereby apter to receive perfection from the sun's more potent ray. These, then, though unbeheld in deep of night, shine not in vain, nor think, though men were none, that heaven would want spectators, God want praise. Millions of spiritual creatures walk the earth unseen, both when we wake and when we sleep. All these with ceaseless praise his works behold, both day and night, how often from the steep of echoing hill or thicket have we heard celestial voices to the midnight air, soul or responsive each to other's note, singing their great Creator, oft in bands while they keep watch, or nightly rounding walk with heavenly touch of instrumental sounds, in full harmonic number joined, their songs divide the night, and lift our thoughts to heaven. Thus talking, hand in hand alone, they passed on to their blissful bower. It was a place chosen by the sovereign planter, when he framed all things to man's delightful use. The roof of thickest covert was inwoven shade laurel and myrtle, and what higher grew of firm and fragrant leaf, on either side acanthus, and each odorous bushy shrub fenced up the verdant wall. Each beauteous flower, iris all hues, roses and jasmine, reared high their flourished heads between, and wrought mosaic. Underfoot the violet, crocus, and hyacinth, with rich inlay broidered the ground, 
more coloured than with stone of costliest emblem. Other creature here, beast, bird, insect, or worm, durst enter none. Such was their awe of man. In shadier bower, more sacred and sequestered, though but feigned, Pan or Sylvanus never slept, nor nymph nor faunus haunted. Here in close recess, with flowers, garlands, and sweet-smelling herbs, espoused Eve decked first her nuptial bed, and heavenly choirs the Hymenaean sung. What day the genial angel to our sire brought her in naked beauty more adorned, more lovely than Pandora, whom the gods endowed with all their gifts. And O oh, too like in sad event, when to the unwiser son of Japhet bought by Hermes, she ensnared mankind with her fair looks, to be avenged on him who had stole Jove's authentic fire. Thus at their shady lodge arrived, both stood, both turned, and under open sky adored the god that made both sky, air, earth, and heaven, which they beheld, the moon's resplendent globe and starry pole. Thou also madest the night, maker omnipotent, and thou the day, which we in our appointed work employed, have finished happy in our mutual help and mutual love, the crown of all our bliss ordained by thee, and this delicious place for us too large, where thy abundance wants partakers, and uncropped falls to the ground. But thou hast promised from us too a race to fill the earth, who shall with us extol thy goodness infinite, both when we wake and when we seek, as now, thy gift of sleep. This said unanimous, and other rites observing none, but adoration pure, which God likes best, into their innermost bower handed they went, and eased the putting off these troublesome disguises which we wear. Straight side by side were laid, nor turned I ween Adam from his fair spouse, nor Eve the rites mysterious of connubial love refused. Whatever hypocrites austerely talk of purity and place and innocence, defaming as impure what God declares pure, and commands to some, leaves free to all. Our Maker bids increase, who bids abstain but our destroyer, foe to God and man. Hail wedded love, mysterious law, true source of human offspring, sole propriety, in paradise of all things common else. By thee adulterous lust was driven from men, among the bestial herds to range. By thee, founded in reason, loyal, just, and pure, relations dear, and all the charities of father, son, and brother first were known. Far be it that I should write thee sin or blame, or think thee unbefitting holiest place, perpetual fountain of domestic sweets, whose bed is undefiled and chaste pronounced, present or past, as saints and patriarchs used. Here love his golden shafts employs, here lights his constant lamp, and waves his purple wings, reigns here and revels, not in the bought smile of harlots, loveless, joyless, unendeared, casual fruition, nor in court amours, mixed dance, or wanton mask, or midnight ball, or serenade, which the starved lover sings to his proud fair, best quitted with disdain. These, lulled by nightingales embracing slept, and on their naked limbs the flowery roof showered roses, 
which the morn repaired. Sleep on, blessed pair, and oh yet happiest if ye seek no happier state, and know to know no more. Now had night measured with her shadowy cone, Half-way up hill this vast sublunar vault, And from their ivory port the cherubim, Forth issuing at the customed hour, Stood armed to their night watches in warlike parade, When Gabriel to his next in power thus spake. Uziel, half these draw off, And coast the south with strictest watch, These other wheel the north, Our circuit meets full west. As flame they part half-wheeling to the shield, half to the spear. From these, two strong and subtle spirits, he called that near him stood, and gave them thus in charge. Ithuriel and Zephon, with winged speed, search through this garden, leave unsearched no nook, but chiefly where those two fair creatures lodge, now laid perhaps asleep, secure of harm. This evening, from the sun's decline arrived who tells of some infernal spirit seen hitherward bent, who could have thought, escaped the bars of hell, on errand bad, no doubt. Such where ye find, seize fast, and hither bring. So saying, on he led his radiant files, dazzling the moon, these to the bower direct, in search of whom they sought. Him there they found, squat like a toad, close at the ear of Eve, assaying by his devilish art to reach the organs of her fancy, and with them forge illusions as he list, phantasms and dreams, or if, inspiring venom, he might taint the animal spirits that from pure blood arise, like gentle breaths from rivers pure, thence raise at least distempered, discontented thoughts, vain hopes, vain aims, inordinate desires, blown up with high conceits engendering pride. Him thus intent, Ethereal, with his spear, touched lightly, for no falsehood can endure touch of celestial temper, but returns of force to its own likeness. Up he starts, discovered and surprised, as when a spark lights on a heap of nitrous powder, laid fit for the tun some magazine to store against a rumoured war. The smutty grain with sudden blaze diffused inflames the air. So started up in his own shape the fiend. Back stepped those two fair angels, half amazed so sudden to behold the grisly king. Yet thus, unmoved with fear, accost him soon. Which of those rebel spirits adjudged to hell comest thou, escaped thy prison, and transformed? Why satst thou like an enemy in wait? Here, watching, at the head of these that sleep. Know ye not, then said Satan, filled with scorn, Know ye not me? Ye knew me once no mate for you, There sitting where ye durst not soar. Not to know me argues yourselves unknown, The lowest of your throng. Or if ye know, why ask ye, And superfluous begin your message, Like to end as much in vain? To whom thus, Zephon, answering scorn with scorn. Think not, revolted spirit, thy shape the same, or undiminished brightness, to be known as when thou stoodst in heaven upright and pure. That glory, then, when thou no more wast good, departed from thee, and thou resemblest now thy sin and place of doom obscure and foul. But come, for thou, be sure, shalt give account to him who sent us, 
whose charge is to keep this place inviolable, and these from harm. So spake the cherub, and his grave rebuke, severe in youthful beauty, added grace invincible. Abashed the devil stood, and felt how awful goodness is, and saw virtue in her shape how lovely, saw and pined his loss, but chiefly to find here observed his lustre visibly impaired, yet seemed undaunted. "'If I must contend,' said he, "'best with the best, the sender not the sent, or all at once, more glory will be won, or less be lost.' "'Thy fear,' said Zephon bold, "'will save us trial what the least can do, single against thee wicked, and thence weak.' The fiend replied not, overcome with rage, but like a proud steed reined, went haughty on, chomping his iron curb, to strive or fly he held it vain, or from above had quelled his heart, not else dismayed. Now drew they nigh the western point, where those half-rounding guards just met, and closing stood in squadron joined awaiting next command to whom their chief Gabriel from the front thus called aloud. O friends, I hear the tread of nimble feet hasting this way, and now by glimpse discern Ethereal and Zephon through the shade, and with them comes a third of regal port, but faded splendour wan, who by his gait and fierce demeanour seems the prince of hell, not likely to part hence without contest. Stand firm, for in his look defiance lowers. He scarce had ended, when those two approached, and brief related whom they brought, where found, how busied, in what form and posture couched. To whom, with stern regard, thus Gabriel spake, Why hast thou, Satan, broke the bounds prescribed to thy transgressions, and disturbed the charge of others, who approve not to transgress by thy example, but have power and right to question thy bold entrance on this place. Employed it seems to violate sleep, and those whose dwelling God hath planted here in bliss. To whom thus Satan, with contemptuous brow, Gabriel, thou hadst in heaven the steam of wise, and such I held thee, but this question asked puts me in doubt. Lives there who loves his pain, who would not, finding way, break loose from hell, though thither doomed? Thou wouldst thyself, no doubt, and boldly venture to whatever place farthest from pain, where thou mightst hope to change torment with ease, and soonest recompense dole with delight, which in this place I sought. To thee no reason, who know'st only good, but evil has not tried. And wilt object his will who bound us? Let him surer bar his iron gates, if he intends our stay in that black durance. Thus much what was asked. The rest is true, they found me where they say, but that implies not violence nor harm. Thus he in scorn. The warlike angel moved, disdainfully half-smiling, thus replied, O loss of one in heaven to judge of wise, since Satan fell, whom folly overthrew, and now returns him from his prison scaped, gravely in doubt whether to hold them wise or not, who ask what boldness brought him hither, unlicensed from his bounds in hell prescribed. So wise he judges it to fly from pain, however, 
and escape his punishment. So judge thou still, presumptuous, till the wrath, which thou incurrest by flying, meet thy flight sevenfold, and scourge that wisdom back to hell, which taught thee yet no better, that no pain can equal anger infinite provoked. But wherefore thou alone, wherefore with thee came not all hell broke loose? Is pain to them less pain, less to be fled, or thou then they less hardy to endure? Courageous chief, the first in flight from pain, hadst thou alleged to thy deserted host this cause of flight, thou surely hadst not come sole fugitive. To which the fiend thus answered, frowning stern, Not that I less endure, or shrink from pain, insulting angel, well thou knowest I stand thy fiercest, when in battle to thy aid the blasting volleyed thunder made all speed, and seconded thy else not dreaded spear. But still thy words at random, as before, argue thy inexperience what behooves from hard essays and ill successes past, a faithful leader, not to hazard all through ways of danger by himself untried. I, therefore, I alone first undertook to wing the desolate abyss, and spy this new created world, whereof in hell fame is not silent, here in hope, to find better abode, and my afflicted powers to settle here on earth, or in mid-air, though for possession put to try once more what thou and thy gay legions dare against, whose easier business were to serve their lord high up in heaven, with songs to him his throne, and practice distances to cringe, not fight to whom the warrior angel soon replied. To say, and straight unsay, pretending first wise to fly pain, professing next the spy, argues no leader, but a liar tracked. Satan, and couldst thou faithful add? O name, O sacred name of faithfulness profaned! Faithful to whom? To thy rebellious crew? Army of fiends, fit body to fit head! Was this your discipline and faith engaged, your military obedience, to dissolve allegiance to the acknowledged power supreme? And thou, sly hypocrite, who now would seem patron of liberty, who more than thou once fawned and cringed, and servilely adored heaven's awful monarch, wherefore but in hope to dispossess him, and thyself to reign? But mark what I read thee now, Avant, fly thither whence thou fledst, if from this hour within these hallowed limits thou appear, back to the infernal pit I drag thee chained, and seal thee so, as henceforth not to scorn the facile gates of hell too slightly barred. So threatened he, but Satan to no threats gave heed, but waxing more in rage replied, Then when I am thy captive talk of chains, proud limitary cherub, but ere then far heavier load thyself expect to feel from my prevailing arm. Though heaven's king ride on thy wings, and thou with thy compeers used to the yoke, drawst his triumphant wheels in progress through the road of heaven star-paved. While thus he spake, the angelic squadron bright turned fiery red, sharpening in mooned horns their flanks, and began to hem him round with ported spears, as thick as when a field of ceres ripe for harvest, waving bends her bearded grove of ears, which way the wind sways them, the careful ploughman doubting stands, 
least on the threshing-floor his hopeful sheaves prove chaff. On the other side, Satan, alarmed, collecting all his might, delated stood, like Tenerife or Atlas unremoved. His stature reached the sky, and on his crest sat horror plumed, nor wanted in his grasp what seemed both spear and shield. Now dreadful deeds might have ensued, nor only paradise in this commotion, but the starry cope of heaven perhaps, or all the elements, had at least gone to rack, disturbed and torn with the violence of this conflict. Had not soon the Eternal, to prevent such horrid fray, hung forth in heaven his golden scales, yet seen betwixt Astria and the Scorpion sign, wherein all things created first he weighed, the pendulous round earth, with balanced air in counterpoise, now ponders all events, battles, and realms. In these he put two weights, the sequel each of parting and of fight. The latter quick up flew, and kicked the beam, which Gabriel spying, thus bespake the fiend. Satan, I know thy strength, and thou knowest mine, neither our own but given, what folly then to boast what arms can do, Since thine no more than heaven permits, Nor mine, though doubled now, to trample thee as mire. For proof look up, and read thy lot in yon celestial sign, Where thou art weighed, and shown how light, How weak, if thou resist. The fiend looked up, and knew his mounted scale aloft, Nor more, but fled murmuring, And with him fled the shades of night. The end of the second part of the fourth book